International. Welcome to another episode of Lie, Cheat, and Steal, the podcast about liars, frauds, thieves, and bullshitters. I'm your host, Pat Soroyes. With me in studio, in apartment, Kath Barbadoro. Oh my god, this is momentous. Yeah, you guys don't even know <laughs> how much just went into to making this small technological feat happen. Oh my god, okay, so... Short story, uh, our wonderful producers at Body Tape International, Ethan and Donna, are, love, you love you guys. They're out of town right now, and it just so happens, coincidentally, the entire time they are out of town is the entire time I'm visiting Austin. So we were like, fuck, we have to record a podcast. Yeah. Uh, but they're gone, and we're idiots. So we just spent <laughs> yeah. about an hour and a half trying to figure out how to record on GarageBand. Yeah. So we're hoping this sounds good. Yes. Um, uh, and then our savior, Pat Dean, came. The handsome, the tall Pat the Dean. The virile. The virile Pat Dean uh, stopped by uh, on the heels of a stinging defeat and another technological thing he tried to do. Yep. He tried to fix the Velveeta Room Wi-Fi today. Could not. Got home. Totally redeemed himself, stopped by and taught us how to use his shit. Because <laughs> he also gave us the equipment. Yeah, this is his equipment. Just yeah. he, Pat's a hero. Pat's yes. a goddamn hero. Everybody, if you're listening to this, go to the Velveeta room. Yeah. Tip Pat well. Watch the show. He's an angel. Yes, yeah. And, and also listen to his podcast on oh Mindcamp International with uh, other uh, other good friend uh, Ben Cholock. Uh, they, it's called I Learned Nothing. Ben Cholock is a... Uh, a, a, is a Philosophy degree from yeah. from Princeton, and Pat Dean has whatever the opposite of that is, <laughs> <laughs> and uh, and he explains philosophical philosophical concepts and figures to Pat Dean, who just violently and ignorantly rejects any attempt to learn. So, it's really good. Yeah. yeah, he also has one called the Lanalax Corporation, oh, which is yeah. amazing with Aaron Brooks. This is just the Pat Dean cast now. Yeah, 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 just the Pat <laughs> cast. Yeah, there's a lot of hot, a lot of hot casts coming out of Austin. A lot of hot casts on Body Tape International. As a matter of fact, just look them all up here. But uh, yeah, so Cast, we got you. We're we're out of studio today. We're in my apartment. Yep, the yeah. Lashonda Lester Memorial Trap House. Yeah, the Lashonda Lester Memorial Trap House. You know, saying shout out, one love. Three one three, baby. Yeah, three one three. We are sitting here doing this podcast in the shadow of the Detroit skyline, <laughs> which hangs in a three piece uh, over my couch. Anyways, uh, yeah, so Kath, you've been back in Austin. How's your week going? Oh, I'm exhausted. Yeah. I can't. We were just talking. I cannot keep up with how much people party here. It's yeah, like it's a city that never sobers up. Man. Oh, my God. I've been. Yeah, I've been going out every night. I'm wildly hungover right now. Um, yeah, I just in New York, like drinks are so expensive. It's like spending Monopoly money here. Yeah, it's just yeah. like. <laughs> You, my, I'm wasted and my bar tab is $15. Like, what happened? Yeah. Like, it's wild. So, yeah, yeah, yeah I'm yeah. good, but I'm uh, I'm going home in two days and I will probably need to, like, go to rehab. So... <laughs> yeah, man, I'm telling you, this is the, this, this is the spot. Uh, uh, nice and boozy Austin, Texas. Yeah. Uh, yeah, which is funny. You know, I, I grew up an hour from here in a town called Colleen. 254 represent Copper's Cove. But, uh, 
the bars up there, it's so fucking expensive to drink up there. It's like really? more expensive than Austin. Austin like, is like absurdly cheap. It's yeah, like, cheap as shit. I can go you to, can I, find a $2 Lone Star within a mile of pretty much anywhere yeah, you are. Yeah, I can drink a $2 Lone Star and a $3 shot of whiskey, get the $5 combo, call that bitch the lunchbox or the cowboy, depending on where you're at. <laughs> Did you know in Philly they call that a citywide? Citywide? That's yeah, isn't funny. that cool? Yeah. I like that. <laughs> Shot in a beer, citywide. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah. So, uh, but up and clean because there's not the volume. Because they're Austin, they know they're going to have 100 people walk through the door. Right. Yeah. So they yeah. can charge cheap ass prices. And clean, they try to get you on the size. They're like, $7, 32 ounce beers. Like, look, a beer is a beer. If it's in front of me, I'm going to drink it relatively quick. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, yeah, that's, uh, that's what that is. Uh, yeah, speaking of just uh, drinking and partying. Partying, yeah. This yeah. is a story about partying Yeah, today. this is a story about the party lifestyle. Uh, I, our topic today is is about what happens when the, the Instagram lifestyle just bottoms out. Like when it, when it just does like a 2009 market crash. This story, it might be my favorite thing that happened that year. Yes. Was it 2015 or 2016? This was 2016. 2016, yeah. I think this was my favorite thing that happened in 2016. Yeah, oh yeah, it was... Uh, Actually, I think it might have been 2017. Fuck me. I just been all... That's what I meant. If 2016 yeah, or 2017. 2017 yeah, uh, Yeah, this was... Uh, Probably the only bright spot in a terrible year. I would say so. I would say so. Although I did find out some information about this that adds a newer dynamic to it that I was not aware of. We'll okay. Into that. Interesting. But uh, yeah, I, I we're talking about the fabled, the famed, the doomed Firefest. <laughs> Firefest. That's right. Uh Firefest was a a luxury a, like a, a luxury music and arts and food festival that was supposed to happen in uh, on a private island in the Bahamas. Uh, it was put together by a young man named uh, Billy McFarland okay. and everyone's favorite early two thousands rapper Ja Rule. <laughs> yeah, so uh, I guess let's go ahead and, uh, and dive right into this because. There was a lot of uh, attention about this on social media, not just in like the promotions leading up to it, because the promotions leading up to it were like, uh, as far as like online promotions goes, I didn't know this were game changing. Like they like really, yeah, they had like they 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 were strong on this shit. Which well, is, I know that they were like, and we'll probably get into it, but this was like a primarily like Instagram marketed yes festival, yep, yep. which is and and they sort of seeded it with Instagram influencers to come be like, come make your come to this. You'll have fun, but the main draw is like your Instagram will be really cool. Yeah, exa- <laughs> like, yeah, yeah, yeah. That that fucking social currency thing mm-hmm, that's, that's mm-hmm. there now. So uh, I guess we want to just dive right in and uh, and talk about the, the people at the center of this case. Uh, we have uh, uh, the main guy, the, the main buckaroo here, Billy McFarland. Yeah. Uh, I'm just, I, you know, a lot of times when we do these, I'll find that I'll refer to people by their last name throughout it. Mm-hmm. Uh, as I was writing this, and, and, uh, and I, although I did a lot of this, uh, a good part of this comes from a Vanity Fair article, but there's uh, definitely some touches of your boy in here. <laughs> so, and as I was writing, I, uh, I also never, uh, I just always instinctively put Billy. <laughs> like, okay. He so just seems Billy. like a Billy. Yeah, oh, he seems like a Billy. He looks like, like, I don't know. He just he he's he's he, you know, we'll put a picture of him up on the website, but he just looks like your kind of quintessential frat boy. Like he looks very mm-hmm. fratty, but he's a little fat. He's a he's a he's a he's a frat he's frat, a fat thick, frat. A thick frat boy. Yeah, thick frat. Yeah. So uh, we're talking, of course, Billy McFarland. Theta, what's H in Greek? I'm trying to think of like what the thick frat would be, like <laughs> theta something kappa. Or yeah, I, man, my exposure to to Greek life in that regards is uh, limited to walking past places sometimes. Yeah, and like <laughs> feeling uh, like someone's gonna come beat me up or something, or like. <laughs> oh man, I I, mean, I was like 
still kind of am baffled about what a frat house is. I know, I know what it is. Yeah. But I'm just like, so it's just Did you like, go to college? No. Yeah. I'm like, so it's just like a bunch of dude. They just live there? Who it's pays like, for it? The, 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 like, their fees to the thing pay for it? Or? I was just talking about this um, with... Uh, our friend Zach Brooks's girlfriend, who was in a sorority, because yeah. I went to college, but my college didn't have Greek life, and I'm similarly like mystified by. It. I'm yeah, like, what yeah. goes on there? Like, yeah. what happens? And I've seen some videos on the internet about what happens in sororities. But, <laughs> you know, I, I mean, it's just internet stuff. I'm not an expert yet. Right, right, right. You just have to watch more of them and yeah. <laughs> learn. I am on a thirst for knowledge. <laughs> Anyway, sorry, Billy McFarland. Oh yeah, no, you were saying she was saying she was in a sorority. Room. Oh yeah, just the um, I I don't want to like blow her up because I don't, you know. Oh well, then yeah. if she said less than positive thing, but she was basically like, uh, it's you kind of need to be in one be if you're if you're at a school with a lot of Greek life, you kind of need to be in one just because socially your life like is a lot yeah. harder if you're not. But uh, it kind of sucks. You are kind of paying for friends. And when you live in the house, it seems really nice because a lot of the houses like look nice on the outside. But like you live in a room with like five other girls. And yeah, it like that's, not, that's is not cool. Wondering. Yeah. Just, <laughs> Jesus Christ. Yeah, man. That's like, yeah, you know, it, it's I did have to walk through the quads carrying a thimble full of my own piss while, yeah. <laughs> while having my sexuality question. But man. Lifelong connection. <laughs> so yeah, so Billy McFarlane, uh, this guy, this this good dude here, Billy McFarlane, he was born in New York City. Uh, he's raised in the Short Hills section of Mil- Milburn, New Jersey. His parents are real estate developers, so they got a little bit, a little bit of loot. Uh, at the age of thirteen, he founded his first company. It was uh, an online outsourcing business that matched clients with designers. Uh, he briefly attended Bucknell University for less than one year in Lewisburg, Pennsylvania, and then he studied computer engineering for a period of less than nine months. So, okay. Now, looking back at like all the stuff that transpired, uh, uh, I was able to find some information out there of some people just talking about him, and this kind of feel gives like, a bit of an autobiographical tone. Sure, some character witnesses. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Now, a consultant who had worked with McFarland said, uh, you know, the Billy I knew at the beginning changed entirely. Uh, at the beginning, he was a young kid from a nice family out in Jersey. He kind of progressed into somebody who was scamming and lying. So he sounds like he's a great fit for the cast. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, I wonder what his does he do they talk about what the scams and oh, lies are? Yeah, okay, yeah, 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 yeah. Oh, he he. This wasn't what we were seeing. Just kind of like when you see like a a, a story break and like the, you're seeing the break, the end of it. Right. Like, like you're the, seeing the conclusion, yeah, the third yeah. act of, yeah, of exactly. a lot. That's yeah. what you're always seeing. He was yeah, he was flying high for two previous acts. Hell yeah. Uh, the guy said, you know, he said it was sad. You know, when they come out to New York, the bright lights, and some people can fake it till they make it, and other guys, well, dot dot dot. <laughs> Damn. Where that goes. So. Uh, yeah, now Billy McFarland, he had more going for him than many of the ambitious New Jersey kids who barrel through the Holland Tunnel each year to find their fortunes in Manhattan, as his parents were real estate developers. He was raised in the uh, the Short Hills suburb, yep. which uh, they say is a uh, they describe as a Tony suburb, which okay. I have no clue what that means. That means it's um it's like wealthy, like yeah, I, it's I, a I wealthy that, I, like uh, I, I society. Heard, I, okay, I never heard Tony applied in that. Thing. I was like, yeah. they, they want a Tony out there, they're like performers <laughs> and shit. It's a theater neighborhood. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Just, yeah, yeah. I grew up in a theater neighborhood. Uh, <laughs> All the kids. You don't know what there. happened on these streets. People are dancing on cars <laughs> yeah, all the time. Yeah. It's nuts. Zip zap zopping all over the place. <laughs> zip zap. Uh, so, uh, yeah, McFarland described himself as a serial entrepreneur. And we're not talking uh, Crispix here. This dude was a, he's a, <laughs> a serial entrepreneur, which is a weird. Never take the word serial and ascribe it to anything involving yourself. Yeah, not positive. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So uh, he started out and sold three companies before uh, graduating from the exclusive Pingree School in t- uh, 2010. 
Uh, is it Pindry? Pingry? I don't know. Uh, the first an internet hosting service that he claims began at the age of 13. Uh, he said when he came to Pingry, he was already running some overseas server operation, renting out server space to various websites, most of which were porn sites, as a high school classmate of his telling him. Uh, he said he always kind of towed that line as to whether it was a scheme or legitimate. So by the time he entered Bucknell University in 2010, uh, McFarlane had roped three pals into another venture called Spling, a social media site that allowed users to share music and video and form circles of friends based on common interests. So at the time, this shit was popping because Facebook was, you know. It was called Splane? Spling. Spling? Like like S- ping, like ping, but drop an L in Ooh, it. Oh, I hate that. Top. Yeah, That's spleen. gross. Yeah. Spleen with a G? Fuck out of here. So, uh, yeah, that this allowed, allowed users to share music and video and form circles of friends based on common interests. Uh, his big break came fast after his freshman year when Spleen was accepted into Philadelphia's Dream It, a top venture capital accelerator that applies plump, promising startups with everything from office space and lawyers to introductions and investors. Now, Every year, hundreds apply for only 10 or 15 positions. McFarland dropped out of Bucknell and moved to Philadelphia, where even in such rarefied air, he and Spling stood out. Uh, Billy was already rolling pretty fast at a former Dream It source who worked with Spling. Uh, plenty I of hate that. I, every time you say it, I'm like, Bleh. yeah, yeah, yeah. Sorry. I'm going to start fucking, I'm going to call it the S word. Fuck that. I'm going to say the S word. So like he said he had plenty of connections. He was a great kid, super nice, gregarious, attractive, charismatic, very smart. This idea could have been a hit. Could have been, however, uh, if not for the debut of Google Plus. <laughs> yeah, Google Plus's wow, circles if, feature. If Google Plus beat you, <laughs> your thing was not very good. I just want to say that. Yeah, you got knocked out of the water if, by Google. It's Plus. like, oh man, yeah. everybody just loves Google Plus so much. That yeah, that's like if like you, like when you're younger, like you, like your circle of friends, it's pecking order, and like whoever's at the bottom, whoever's you, it's like people everybody fucks with, and somebody new shows up, and then you can fuck with them. Like yeah, it was. Yeah. Yeah, it all rolls downhill. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, Google's uh, Circles features actually provided most of the services Spling planned. Mm-hmm. Oh, S-word, sorry. <laughs> uh, Google Circles came out at a bad time, or a good time for them, bad time for you. Uh, they got this feedback all the time. How is S-word different than Google Circles, says the Dream It source. I mean, when you get a sentence of tech startup stuff, it makes no more sense. It's awful. Hey, how's Spling different than Google, said the guy from Dream It. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> excuse me? <laughs> Yeah. I wish I didn't know what any of that meant. Yeah, right? My life would be so much better. Uh, and then, you know, it just kind of fizzled out. So uh, with uh, that no longer viable, uh, McFarland, looking for another big idea, he moved to a Manhattan apartment. Great idea. Cool. Uh, in the summer of 2013, and he caught a glimpse of his friend's ultimate fantasy, an American Express Centurion card known as the Black Card. And we're all familiar with the Black Card from hip-hop. Uh, yeah, just, <laughs> of you know, hip-hop fame. Of hip-hop fame, Yeah. <laughs> Uh, so yeah, he uh, he saw his friend's black card, and uh, you know it was you know obviously it's made out of like titanium and uh, it's pitched to ultra wealthy customers with like an unlimited credit credit rating. You can just do whatever you want. Which by the way, I, I, I don't know. I would just kind of abuse that. <laughs> right. Well, that's why they don't give it to people like us. because yeah. <laughs> we have bad oh, yeah, credit and. Bad. Uh... <laughs> so uh, one night he said he was at dinner with La Esquina, which I don't. Uh, man, that, that's a place. Uh, sure. Sounds fancy. Yeah, sounds yeah. Tony. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It sounds very Tony. Uh, oddly enough, when you go more, the more the more Tony a place, less likely to find a guy named Tony. It's That's true. It's yeah. very true. Very true. <laughs> yeah. So that's said, actually how you figure out what places are Tony is the lack of Tony. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, a bunch of guys hanging out at Tony. That's not Tony at all. Mm-hmm. That's true. You think it would be Tony, but it's not. It's not. Yeah. So uh, 
He said, uh, yeah. So he said, all, this is a stupid conversation. Yeah, I was talking with my friends about how we all wanted a black card, but none of us had money to qualify. Well, there you go. Uh, but McFarland thought, what if he could create his own black card? with his own membership benefits and simply graft his existing credit card data onto it. So just the sight of a black credit card would carry cachet. So McFarland said, that night I did a ton of research on how to add a magnetic strip to a metal metal card without demagnetizing it and ruining data. And I got a hold of a place in China that can embed the magnetic strip onto the metal and I had one made. Oh my God. He made his own black card. He made his own black card. Yeah, with his same fucking debit card. Right, with his like $200 credit limit Capital One card. (laughs) He just put it on a black card. Damn, that's awesome. I'm sure he had more money. Oh no, he was like a, yeah. No, he was like a tech guy. Yeah. But uh, wow, yeah. I love that. That's so, that is I feel like such an illustrative story to what this guy ended up doing. Yeah, that right there she, yeah. is is It's uh, all about how things appear. Yep. Is the like image is the most important thing. Yeah, well you look at like like and, uh, Ponzi, he went to fucking he went to work till the day he was arrested. He was still showing up to work yeah. with billions in the bank and you know just cuz he's had to keep appearances. He, yeah. Uh, he like, so uh yeah, da, 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 da. so McFarland partnered with two friends called his new card Magnesis. <laughs> <laughs> Terrible. Yeah, which, as he later told a New York Post reporter, is Latin for absolutely nothing. <laughs> <laughs> uh, the name is made up, but it sounds great. It sounds grand, doesn't it? Is what he said. Uh, the article notes not everyone agreed. Uh, it sounded like a brand of condom, observed a former, former card member, Molly Kraus. Uh, so what Magnesis quickly became was an invitation-only club located in a ho- townhouse that McFarland rented at Greenwich Village for a $250 annual fee. It's uh, early members, many of them McFarland's young friends, got his new black card, plus all-day access to the townhouse and its open bar. So, All right. Yeah, this is like, I'm, I'd fuck, yeah, I'd sign up. I'd sign up. Uh, in the evening, McFarland held parties there, often in partnership with restaurants or art galleries in the neighborhood. As Magnesis grew, oh, it sounds gross. Ugh, oh I know. My, I don't oh want Magnesis if Magnesis if Magnesis is growing, go to the doctor. <laughs> we'll leave it grows for more than four hours. But, yeah. uh, so let's see. Uh, yeah. So as Magnesis grew, the parties became more elaborate, featuring brand name rappers such as Rick Ross and Ja Rule. Who okay. There. Yeah. Uh, as someone who, even if you're only lightly interested in hop, you know, in hip hop, you know that there's a huge decline in the importance of Rick Ross to Ja Rule. Yeah. 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 <laughs> Such. That's as like the Ray, the right. font size difference on that poster yeah. is <laughs> shocking. <laughs> Oh yeah, it's like we've got fucking uh, you know we've got big names in football coming out, such as you know Troy Aikman and Devron Thomas, who plays arena football. Okay, yeah, I have no idea. Yeah, uh, yeah. So yes, John Rule, who joined the company's board. Uh, John, yeah, John Rule came in. They met. Uh, from what I I, I can tell uh, from, from the, what I read about this like incident. Um, I think Ja Rule probably still has a little bit of money left and saw this kid as a way to fucking make some more money. Yeah, totally. And, and just get plugged back in. Yeah. In the lifestyle. This was like my last, this is the last yeah. uh, heist before retirement. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. I now think you're right. Now he's looking at all that money and thinking about his life and thinking, what it be without you? <laughs> <laughs> you do a pretty good Ja Rule. You kind of sound like him. Oh, shucks. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Uh, yeah, the, the 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 white southern Ja Rule, <laughs> nah fool. Anyways, but uh, so uh, yeah, Ja Rule who joined the company's board at this time period. Uh, now they uh they 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 had a rush of stories that were portraying uh, McFarland as a millennial hybrid of Steve Jobs and Steve Rubel. Now again, this is where it comes in, just like the the uh, 
the Theranos lady. Yeah. You get this. It's not just about the product that you're selling, but it's about who you are and what you kind of represent in the field. And it's like, oh, you're this young whiz kid, and they want to take previous successes and they want to try to put them on new faces. Yeah. I mean, I feel like we see that even just in comedy. Like, oh, of course. Yeah. The way that people, the way that agencies and managers like look for the next. They like they if you're like an if you've been doing it a long time and you're a pro that is less interesting to them than if you're two years in and you're very good but still green yeah, like that to yeah. them is more exciting and also like if some like I remember when like Amy Schumer blew up every you could tell everybody was signing and looking for yep. the new Amy yeah, Schumer yeah, yeah. like whoever could be and it wasn't even like the new Amy Schumer but this it was like literally we will sign Amy Schumer again yeah, like yeah. <laughs> we we know it works and we don't want to take a risk so we will yeah. this is what we want now yeah man I like I look at that I'm just like struggling every day to find an archetype and I'm just like nope I don't fit in any of these yeah yeah, like, yeah man yeah I'm, I'm not the next anything <laughs> <laughs> well if, if like, like sorry to just make this a uh, us bitching about comedy, yeah, but yeah, right? so, but yeah. it just like the the them looking for venture capital. Yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. It seems similar. It's like oh, you you look like Steve Jobs and you talk like Steve Jobs. Yeah, we yeah. want the next Steve Jobs. Yeah, exactly. Because that that other people aren't willing to invest in that. Like yeah. they're just like oh, they call the call the next Steve Jobs. Now, yeah, it's uh, so funny. Like again, not to get too off topic, but like everybody talks about how like. Oh, cap like capitalism fuels innovation. Like we wouldn't have as much innovation without yeah, capitalism yeah, and competition. Yeah, yeah. And it's like that's kind of true, but it's also like you kind of just keep look how many fucking sequels there are. Like yeah, yeah, you kind yeah, of just yeah. keep going, well, people will buy this, let's keep putting it out. Like yeah, exactly. don't yeah. change anything. Yeah, yeah, that has to be acknowledged when discussing it. Like uh, now, yeah, so as, as things went on, uh, Magnesis began attracting uh, minor celebrities investors. Uh, Rosario Dawson hosted one party. Uh, some NBA players soon joined. Among the early investors uh, was said to be the late Oklahoma oil and gas king, Aubrey McLean, whose daughter was named... That is like, a really good Oklahoma oil and gas king name. Yeah, yeah Aubrey yeah. McLean. Actually, I fucked it up. Aubrey McClendon. Aubrey, so, that's even better. Yeah, 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 yeah. So his uh, his daughter was named Magnesis' chief financial officer. So I thought you were going to be like, he named his daughter Magnesis. Yeah, he named like, his daughter oh. Magnesis, and she could move metal with her mind. Uh, now, meanwhile, McFarland uh, peppered members with scores of offers. Uh, you could get like things like tickets to Hamilton or flights to Cuba and the Hamptons. Now, Molly Krause, who had said that the thing sounded like a penis name, uh, she <laughs> was a communi- communication strategist who joined Magnesis in 2014 to use the townhouse as a workspace. Says the strangest, pro- she said the strangest proposal that she got was a text from McFarland early last year, in which she offered to have Ja Rule write her name into an upcoming song for four hundred fifty dollars. <laughs> Oh no, that's so sad. Yeah, oh man, I recently just through dumb luck became friends with one of my favorite rappers from when I was in high school. Uh, he's a Houston rapper, uh, friends on Facebook. He's a Houston rapper. I don't even want to say his name because it's disrespectful. To, like basically I was like, oh shit. And I was going through and he's Right, like there. it's too important to you. You don't want to name drop. Like it's well, so personally important. That and also because I'm about to kind of talk shit on him. I'm oh, okay. And he, was, uh, <laughs> he was offering uh, features on songs for 150 bucks. And no. I was like, no. Oh, come on, man. Uh, yeah, how the mighty have fallen. <laughs> uh, anyways, uh, any any Switch of House, old Switch of House fucking Houston hip-hop heads, get at me on the Twitter. I'll talk about it. <laughs> <laughs> so now, uh, now after that, she said she started getting a string of texts just offering real sketchy-sounding VIP experiences. That's That's been mm. this dude's thing. Always trying to push that VIP lifestyle. Yeah. I've met a couple clueless fucks like this out here in Austin oh, yeah. who think they're somehow fucking part of some upper echelon. And it's like, dude, you're not. So, uh 
she started getting she got one that said uh hey i'm traveling this week so i'm letting friends rent out my maserati quattroporte uh lmk if you want my driver to take you around in it for the next few days <laughs> Um, I, I just let me know, but I definitely he definitely put LMK. Yeah, he did. So uh, he never mentions the insane price until he's finished with his creepy, friendly pitch. She said he's kind of a cross between a, a post aughts meatpacking promoter from like I guess that's where they do the parties in the meatpacking district. Yep. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, a post aughts meatpacking promoter and a gypsy club driver who waits to give a tourist a quote until after their luggage is in the is already loaded. <laughs> good, good with the words, Miss Krause. But. Uh, so yeah, but soon Billy grew. Uh, he kind of grew bored of Magnesis as time went on, and things were really starting to falter there. Like the, uh, the their their little uh, townhouse that you could use was just kind of like turned into a frat house. Like nobody yeah, it got gross. Go. Yeah, no one cleaned it. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So that that kind of he got bored of that, and uh, you know at this point, and it was beginning to seriously flounder. And then uh, Billy Billy had a new idea. Now, you see, the Fire Festival itself was never really about the Fire Festival. Uh, it served primarily to promote McFarland's newest idea, uh, a product that few of the concert goers even knew about, in large part because it really didn't exist yet. And this was the Fire Media app. Oh, wow. I, was, yeah, yeah, I had yeah, no idea. The un- untold part of the story. The Fire Media app. Here was this guy's idea. It was designed by a group of techies in Oregon, and the app was intended to be a clearinghouse where bands and musicians could be hired indirectly, cutting out the booking agent middleman. Uh, ja Rule ended up signing on as a partner. So essentially, you can go on there and say, "Man, I want Future to play yeah. at my son's bar." Mitzvah. It's like gig salad, but for, yeah, for like, like <laughs> successful people. Yeah. <laughs> so they, uh, so yeah, so he put that out there. Uh, so uh, why would you like? As a thinking from the perspective of a famous musician, why would you want to cut out the middleman between you and I guess for money? Yeah. But it's like the whole point of being famous is that you don't have to deal with that it, bullshit. Exactly, <laughs> like yeah, exactly. If exactly. I had a booker, I would love it. Yeah, imagine if like you just like if that was how it was, like you're 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 like, you know, Future level famous or whatever, right? And you get paid, I don't know, two hundred fifty thousand dollars a show, and you this this guy's like, yeah, my son's bar mitzvah, two hundred fifty grand, and then like there's nobody in between, so it's like okay, and then you just have to go out there, and you just have to show up at this guy's house. It feels like I want a level of somebody. Yeah, in I want a level of like. No, you want me to do your bar mitzvah? I will, but you have to talk to my manager. Yeah, you don't get to, to yeah. talk to me. Yeah, like exactly. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I'll come do it. Yeah, but. it feels weird because like I mean, I've showed up at gigs before off based nothing but word, and I will continue to do that for for years. Oh yeah, to come. But like I fucking like it would just be so weird if like the level of like events like where I'm like the level of money they're paying me and still just like okay and then like the fucking transaction clears and I'm like alright I'll be at your house at like seven. Like, <laughs> yeah, exactly, <laughs> exactly. It, it just feels odd. Yeah. <laughs> so. Um, so yeah, that was that was what they want they wanted to do. Uh, ja Rule actually signed on as a, as a partner. That's what they said. And so uh, as McFarland has told the story, the idea for a promotional music festival occurred to him, and they were trying to figure out ways they could get this off the ground and make it like you know, uh, like, you know like like something to promote it, like to promote the Fire app. Yeah. So they were they they started thinking about maybe we could do a music festival. Well, then one fateful night while they were on a private plane that was running low on fuel. Mm, uh, when they, all the best ideas happened. Yes. They were obliged to land in the, uh, uh, they were obliged to land the, the Eximus uh, Islands in the Bahamas. Mm-hmm. Uh, so this dude says they got off, started walking around the plane, and he said, both of us immediately fell in love with the island, said McFarland. Now, uh, they fucking decided this was it. They wanted to throw a festival here on the island. So this mm-hmm. is where we get to this point. So, 
Uh, now, while McFarland knew little about staging a concert, he knew plenty about fu- plenty about fundraising and social media. In fact, Fire's Instagram-fueled kickoff in December was one of the more eye-popping social media campaigns in recent memory. So he, throughout the years, had met a bunch of models. He became friends with them, became friends with their managers. Like any uh, gross scumbag. Yes. Like he, He's yeah, like, met a lot of models and yeah, managers. Yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, it's cool. It's funny when you meet, when you meet it. I think it's different knowing a lot of models than it is knowing a lot of models and their managers because it means that you've definitely paid money just to hang out with models. Right. Like, <laughs> oh, yeah. No, I'm I'm saying this in like, I feel bad for models because I feel like a lot of people models have to hang out with. Oh, yeah. Are yeah. so scummy. But like, you know, doesn't mean if you have. Hey, if anyone listening has a lot of model friends. Yeah. <laughs> first of all, tell them all hi. Um, yeah. <laughs> It's not weird, but yeah, if you, that's what I mean. It's like, if you're like a venture capitalist and you know a lot of models or like a tech guy and you know a lot of models, like you're probably pretty gross. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Like they're like, you've definitely considered some girls, your friends that have been paid to hang out at your parties. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, you know, so they got like all the big names, you know, like he like, uh, uh, Bella Hadid and he told her like, you know, about this island trip and how fun it was going to be and that we should all do one big shoot for the party. They should come on down to the, uh, the island. So they did that. They go down to, it's the, the, the video that went out, that, uh, that they sent out to all their influencers as you had mentioned earlier. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's just this video of them just like, just being fucking beautiful, like on the yeah. beach, just, just yeah. sunbathing on a yacht. Yeah. 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 Just, just swimming in crystal clear yeah. blue waters. Yeah. And, the the yeah. Instagram life where you're like, how the fuck do you afford all that? Like, what do you do? Yeah. Like you literally posted uh, three pictures a day for the last three weeks and never once have you been somewhere making money or like, you know, like, like yeah. you're not working. What's, what's, why are you this? always on vacation? Yeah. Like what's your job? It's very yeah. weird. Uh, I this is probably very common knowledge, but a lot of people they'll take entire vacations and stretch them out into years worth of Instagram posts. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, I had a really st- uh, dumbass dude, fake ass motherfucker, used to live with me, and he would like take pictures of my shit, and I'd wake up to Instagram, and it'd be like my fucking like I had a big ass iMac, like like the big nice ones, yeah, and it was like that with like his watch and his shoes and my studio mic next to it. <laughs> and he was just like studio life, just all up in this bitch. Hashtag vibe tribe. Hashtag poopy Sanchez, you <laughs> fake son of a bitch. Anyways, was his name really Poopy Sanchez? That's not his real name, but that's the name everybody knows him by. Really? Yeah. <laughs> he's, dude, he's, he's one of the most. He, he, the, I can't believe a guy named Poopy Sanchez is is shitty. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Poopy shitty. No, this dude is like the prime type of person who would hang out with fucking Poopy Billy Sanchez. Yeah. That's amazing. Yeah, more on him off mic. Dude's a fucking, <laughs> although it's at Poopy Sanchez on Twitter. He's a fucking shithead. Anyway, he owes me like $1,100. <laughs> Our podcast is now feuding with Poopy Sanchez. Yeah. I think I hit you up all fucked up one night asking if you want to do a show where I called him out of the air. Do you remember that? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> I was going to lure him on and interview him. And she's like, where's my $1,100, bitch? <laughs> Anyways. But, uh, <laughs> so, yeah. So, uh, so they, they got this thing. They went out there. They, they did this shoot. Uh, they got this crazy video shoot. They, they broke it up among their influencers. And, um, you know, they, they, they had like big names like Kendall Jenner, which I found out McFarland had long admired Kendall Jenner. Like, oh, he, t- he about had. It. Yeah, yeah. He used to talk about it, all the people in his camp. And uh, his this, this source just said, you know, Billy was always saying, I love Kendall. Kendall's the one for me, remarks the, this is the downtown consultant source they mentioned earlier in the article. And the guy stops and says, you know, in a weird way, this was all about getting Kendall. <laughs> Oh, that's so weird. Yeah. It's fucking got, great Gatsby yeah, shit. You've got $50 million of other people's money. One weekend to get the girl of your dreams. This <laughs> fall, like, you are Billy fucking McFarlane. Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah. How to spend fucking millions of other people's money to fucking hang out with a girl. So, uh, 
Yeah, so on December 12th, all of his influencers, including Jenner, all simultaneously posted a mysterious orange square. Clicking it started the promotional video of the supermodels frolicking and dancing on the beach, and it said it was going to be two transformative weekends. Transformative means your life will never be different after you go to these things. (laughs) Two transformative weekends, an immersive music festival on a remote private island in the Eximos, the best in food, art, music, and adventure on the boundaries of, of impossible. So that was, yeah. It Didn't they say, you'll probably get into this, but didn't they say it was like an island owned by Pablo Escobar? Didn't they say oh, that? Yes, yeah, 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 yeah. It was all about, th- that even that even has a funny little detail yeah, to it. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah. Okay, so, <laughs> I'm sure uh, we'll get there. There's a lot. Yeah, uh, so one of the guys, a money manager for a famous rapper, was like, you know, you saw this, and you're like, whoa, what's this? I mean, it was perfectly executed. It's one of the greatest social media campaigns I've ever seen. They got the most beautiful women in the world and the largest following, and then the photo shoot, it was just incredible. The manager said he had no clue who was behind the Audacious Festival, but intrigued, he made some phone calls. And before long, he was talking to McFarland, who pitched him to invest. He said he was a little brash, a little bro a little fratty, but not a total asshole, the manager says. He was pitching me this app, which was sort of the, th- which was the sort of thing I had seen before. Then he kind of randomly throws out there that his partner in all this is Ja Rule, which floored me. <laughs> I mean, I would have assumed a guy like Kanye West or Jay-Z was behind the scenes. Anyways, I knew we wouldn't invest in it. I mean, I was surprised at all the artists who committed, but, uh, you know, we couldn't all take this seriously. So I at this point. So he already was like a little suspicious. Well, he didn't invest. He just said it was kind of like he just laughed at it. Like, huh, yeah. that's funny. Like, oh, well, yeah. all right. Hey, you broke bitches. <laughs> <laughs> so I want to kind of give a breakdown of what Billy was offering versus what was even remotely possible. Yes. So here we go. Uh, Billy's promise. Fire Festival would be held at Fire K, a private island once owned by Pablo Escobar. None of that is true, right? Yeah, reality. Uh, The Bahamian government allowed them to use Roker's Point, which named after Al Roker, of course. (laughs) A beloved Today Show host. Yeah, uh, the Bahamian government allows them to use Roker's Point, a 37-mile stretch of undeveloped beach land sandwiched between between two sandals resorts on an island not previously owned by Pablo Escobar, but actually owned by George Young, the main character in the Johnny Depp film, Blow. Just say that instead. (laughs) That's cool. That's cool, too. George Young is, like, as cool. I mean, not as recognizable a name, but, like, I, I, I thought it was just not even remotely related to any nefarious doings but it's like okay just yeah. stop the, the, tell the truth about yeah, one yeah, thing yeah. but I do it is really funny if you look at it on Google Maps like where they say it's a private island and then you look it up and it's literally a sandbar between two huge resorts like, yeah, it's it's got a, yeah it's got a population of 7,000 people on the island like yeah, it's not yeah, at all it's not by any means uninhabited uh, so now another promise uh, festival attendees would stay in private villas chock full of VIP amenities that was the thing it was like this ain't no fucking towel in the dirt ass music festival like you're it's so you're in a private villa which I am somewhat sure I know what that means (laughs) (laughs) well it's so funny because like we've done you know as comedians we've done festivals and stuff and we've been in green rooms and even in a nice green room it's like cool I have 50 kind bars. Like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> just, I'm just imagining, like, because VIP stuff, like, I mean, obviously at a super luxury price point, it's different, but, like, most VIP stuff is just, like, okay, whatever's sponsoring this, just, like, 900 of that and yeah. nothing else <laughs> and, like, maybe some beer and, yeah. you know, I mean... Yeah, the couches are all sat in. Like, I definitely sat in a green room and, like, you're enjoying free stuff, but I was sitting on a Tupperware container full of audio cables. Like, yeah, exactly. <laughs> and it's, like... And I'm not... And 
like obviously this is different and it's different for like you know I'm sure Kanye's green room isn't like this or whatever but like yeah. you know I've been in like good green like I've been at the like I've been in Patton Oswalt's green room oh, yeah, been, yeah, you know yeah, yeah. and it's like it's the same shit it's not good yeah. <laughs> like you know like at Fun 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 Fest it's like yeah. okay yeah Sarah Silverman and Tignataro are here and, and <clears throat> this green room is like garbage like it's not not, yeah yeah anyway you'd be surprised how almost across the globe at any level how much little thought goes into here can we just have a room where people can just kind of stand until we need them like you know yeah yeah. it's not and it's like it's not like i'm uh asking for anything more than that but i'm just when i'm envisioning like ooh vip extras i'm just thinking of a gift basket of kind bars yeah yeah that's all i'm thinking of (laughs) so many kind bars (laughs) they're gonna they would have uh by the time this is over they would have sold their own fucking mother for a kind bar <laughs> that is absolutely true. Yeah. So anyway, private villas is what was promised. Yeah, chock full of VIP amenities. Uh, the reality, uh, Billy reached out to uh, CID, a New Jersey-based concert management company, about making this happen. Uh, when CID head Dan Berkowitz asked about the villas, Billy told them, that's where you come in. Oh, no. Berkowitz was shocked, responding. He said, we were like, what? We thought they had units, or Billy's dad is a builder or something. <laughs> <laughs> Just figured her dad would do it. Yeah, yeah, he's like... Those units never existed. The private luxury villas soon became replaced by the now infamous, the thing that you've seen in all the things. The, the FEMA fucking, tents. The FEMA tents, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> which, you know, which is only like a step or two below villa. <laughs> yeah. Man, I went from FEMA to villa. Uh, I went from FEMA tent to villas, baby. Anyways. Uh, you should use that. Yeah, yeah. Use that yeah. in a Vanilla Presley yeah. freestyle. Scheming on Skrill, I went from FEMA tents to villas. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I won't say that, but... Uh, so the other broken, I have a list of Billy promises, but then I have it like as I listed more, I just put BP instead of Billy promise, <laughs> uh, and then I accidentally miscorrect, mis incorrectly abbreviated the broken promise. But you know what? Same thing. <laughs> so uh, the, the Billy's promise was: we're flying everybody down in private jets. All right, everybody, every single person every gets their last own jet. One of you, five thousand people, get on this <laughs> fucking jet. Uh, reality. Uh, the wording of the website in regards to this change constantly. While it initially offered the private jet, that was soon changed to a first-class seat on a commercial flight. Then it was just a seat. Then, uh, in the days leading up, it just disappeared altogether. Sick. <laughs> uh, Billy's promise. Music. Reality. Early signs of financial trouble led every single major musical act, including Blink-182 and Major Laser, to jump ship. So, <laughs> we can't even keep Blink around. Yeah, it's pretty grim. Do you think Ja Rule knew them from back in their MTV heyday? Probably, like, yeah. He's like, like, yo, I'll reach out to, <laughs> I'll reach out to Blink One Eighty Two. He just sings everything. Yeah, in the yeah. I'll reach out to One Eighty Two. <laughs> Are they dependable? They're always on time. <laughs> Uh, okay, so he also promised food. Yeah, that was a big part of it. Said he's got the best chefs in the world. It's gonna be a culinary experience. Uh, the reality. Frozen waffles, craft cheese, wheat bread, and wilted lettuce. Y'all seen the styrofoam food boxes? Yeah. Yeah, with a couple tomatoes thrown in that bitch. The most questionable tomatoes I've ever seen. <laughs> Just the tomatoes look suspicious. Like, like they were whistling like they were walking away from a crime scene. <laughs> all right. Uh, so all in all, when Billy presented his plans of everything he wanted to promise to the companies that he intended to use to make Firefest a reality because he outsourced all of his management. That was another yeah. thing. He like, like towards the end of the desperate, the desperate things he was out there, like literally setting up on the beach. But at first, he had this fucking fantasy that he was just gonna contract, yeah, everything. contract it all yeah. out to everybody else. So, uh, the cost that he got back from everybody total fifty million dollars. So, 
that was not an option for Billy. So Billy <laughs> started cutting corners. Uh, many of his contractors urged him because these people are, they're already involved in this, so their names on the line. Right. And they were urging him. They were like, "Yo, send emails to your people who already bought tickets, explaining the changes based yeah. on what they were promised, based on what's going to be there." Billy was like, "Yeah, yeah, 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 yeah." Uh, did not take care of it. Yep. Uh, so you know, with the with the uh, with the concert, just a few. weeks... This guy basically treated his entire music festival like I treat parking tickets. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah no, we're talking about this earlier before we started recording. Like, there's certain things or like financial things that I have looming over me where I'm like, you know what? I'll just in a few years, I'll be I'll be really famous and I'll have a lot of money and I'll take care of it then. <laughs> and they can just get at me then. Get at me then, Comcast, Jesus. <laughs> but uh, yeah, so. So they, they asked him to do that. He completely ignored him. Uh, now, Billy had taken out tens of millions of dollars in loans, uh, all of which had exorbitant interest rates. And the biggest one for $10 million won its first payment before the festival even started. Mm-hmm. So he's on the fucking... Man, whenever I hear about... When we talk about stories like this, I know like the, how nervous I am if I'm like late on rent and I'm not 100% sure where it's coming from or whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Or things like that. And I, I, I know where I'm just like, ah, fuck. Like that nervousness you get. Oh, Imagine. the worst. Like when you're... the. The, my like I have anxiety anyway like I have anxiety disorder that I take medication for but like just even if everything in my else in my life is garbage like I have if I have money I'm like so much better off if I'm just not constantly on the verge of being broke yeah. even when everything's great if I have no money I'm I'm having a good time but I'm a nervous wreck oh yeah I'll, I'm, it's, a, I'm, I'm it's a, so awful yeah that's what like like looking back to like like in the years of like trying to get like my just, like financial life in order which you know is still a work in progress <laughs> um, but like when I look back uh, like I remember it was when I didn't have any money like when I was like fuck I have nothing that was when I did stupid shit that was when I yeah. got a payday advance that was when I got yep. you know that was when I pawned something or whatever it was I needed to do and then like looking back I was just like she just sold drugs. No, but like, looking <laughs> back, I'm like, man, uh, I'm like, dude, why didn't you just like call the fuck down, sit your ass at the fucking house? Like, like, you know, like maybe you didn't necessarily need money or whatever. That, that was like, that was always the lack of money is what made me like do stupid decisions. Right. Well, cause you need, you want to alleviate that anxiety. Yeah. Cause exactly. you're like so panicked all yeah, the time. Yeah. Yeah. So anyway, how did this guy even live owing $10 million? Oh my God. Yeah. Well, tens of millions. The 10 million was just the one that was going to The first like, one. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, so he needed us some cash. So he came up with this idea called the Fire Band. A uh, Fire Band was like a Fitbit type device that would act as an easy way to buy things on the island, which he told attendees via email had gone cashless. So the island's cashless now, oh, guys. Oh, God. So it's dependent on this guy's shitty infrastructure for them to yes. do anything. So he urged attendees to load money onto these instead of bringing currency. Oh, no. And he recommended that they probably should load about three to $500 per day they would be attending. So this is all just cash advance. This is just cash him. advance. So yep. they, they, people just load that up. He's spending uh, it all. Yep, spending it right back out. Uh, you know, and that was able to keep the festival afloat. But I mean, you know, like now that money's gone, but now he's just now it's gonna be like, okay, well, we already bought the shit. So I'll just do it, consume it here. It's like we already got the money back for. And so uh, now this behavior obviously has ultimately doomed the festival. Now here is where <clears throat> this uh, this gave me like a new understanding to the case uh, to okay. the story. Um. The main reason uh, that the the tickets uh, the, the the reason the event didn't work is that it was losing money. Uh, even with ticket prices at twelve thousand dollars, they're still losing money. Very because very few people bought the twelve thousand dollar tickets. That was yeah. one ticket price. That's what the media ran with yeah. was their twelve thousand dollar tickets. Uh, very few people bought for those. No, absolutely no one bought the deluxe six figure ticket that guaranteed dinner with a headliner. <laughs> now the overwhelming majority of the five thousand tickets purchased were purchased between the, the, the five hundred to twelve hundred dollar buck package. So 
if you've ever taken a two week all inclusive trip to the Bahamas, you know that's cheap as shit. Or I'm sorry, it'd be a it'd be a one week. It'd be a one week trip to the Bahamas, all inclusive. Yeah. For five to twelve hundred dollars. That's absurd. That's that yeah, that's yeah. A, that's a good fucking deal. Yeah. So people were hopping all over it because it was cheap as shit. So that's why now and uh, this is a underlined even more intriguing fact, Fire Festival was not really attended by wealthy trust fund millennials. Uh, most of them were just regular folks who had set money aside for, va- for a vacation and saw an all-inclusive trip for under $1,200 to go see all these artists at a fucking music festival on a private beach. And they were just like, yeah, of course, man, that's a great deal. Uh, most of the elite knew that this shit was tits up days before it happened and didn't go. And the ones that did were able to secure travel out of there immediately because they had the money and resources to do so, uh, which is you know good for them. is absolute shit show. So the vast majority of the people that you see on like the fucking like in those tents and those, those uh, are probably are people, price yeah, conscious people. Price conscious people probably people who you know like I like I I know I get it. If you told me that you learned. 5,000 millionaires onto an island and now they're all fucking like drinking their own urine. I'd be like, hell yes. <laughs> but like sadly, as satisfying as that would be, that just really wasn't the case here. It was just another case of a rich dude playing fast with other people's money and a bunch of regular people getting fucked. Yeah. Yeah. So, so uh, I mean, well, regular people getting fucked, but also yes. like, I at le- okay, this is it. This is what makes it slightly okay. They're regular people getting fucked, but they're people with terrible taste. Oh, yeah. Which no, makes exact, it, like, yeah. slightly more okay to it me. Does, no, there's, it's still funny. I mean, whatever. It's still, like, people, shitty, like, frat guy. Yeah, like, yeah it's not. Yeah, yeah, definitely. This is, like, uh, one of my, my um, drivers here in town uh, was explaining to me how he was paying essentially $700 on New Year's to take a trip to go to an all-white tuxedo party. And he was talking about it like it was, like, the greatest fucking deal and investment. And I was just like, man... If I found out that he got, got all the way out there and there was no food and he was stranded, I'd still laugh. Yeah, yeah totally. And he's an Uber driver. Like, yeah, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, I, t- I do get that. I do get that. So, I guess it's a it's a victory against people with bad taste, but it's not the victory against the 1% yeah, that we yeah, were all yeah. trying to That we were all hoping it would yeah. be. <laughs> so, um, so, now, uh, I just want to give like, a, like an experience of what it was like on the ground. Just kind of get this. This is the, uh, of the fest. Now, uh the first charter jets came in low over the island of Great Eximo's aquamarine waters that Thursday morning. Uh, most of those who clambered down on the tarmac were young and excited, anticipating a once-in-a-lifetime weekend on the sparkling white beaches of the Bahamas. There would be rock bands, private villas, celebrity chefs, all promoted by the rapper Ja Rule, and a gaggle of supermodels on Instagram. Uh, now, one woman, Shivi Kumar, a 33-year-old North Carolina sales executive, landed with a group of her girlfriends around 6 p.m. ready to fuck shit up. <laughs> <laughs> God, can you imagine? Yeah. Just with a yeah. fucking plan. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, they were on, they, they came in on a flight from Miami. They were there to celebrate celebrate a birthday. Yeah, uh, they oh, were. Oh, shit. Uh, one, of, uh, one or two of the they, group- I already am just imagining um, the absolute worst group of people who could ever come into a stand-up comedy yeah, oh, show. Yeah. <laughs> like, that's who I'm envisioning. And I fucking love them. Yeah, I respect yeah, them. Yeah, yeah, just they're, yeah. They're the just, people you would just be most yeah. disappointed to see when you're about to go yeah. on stage. If the word yes <laughs> morphed into a human being, yeah. <laughs> that would be these people. Yeah, so uh, now one or two of their group were already nervous. They had heard internet rumblings that the festival was having uh, organizational troubles. A friend who had arrived at the island earlier called, saying the festival site wasn't ready. Uh, we kind of had a feeling something was not right, Kumar recalls. But you thought, you know, this is the first time they're doing this. You expect some glitches. Uh, now, outside of the terminal, they were met by two or three fire staffers. They asked them, hey, how do we get to the festival? And the staffers were unsure, <laughs> which is never a good sign. Yeah, probably not the best. Yeah. Uh, they were told that a bus was coming and the friends waited 
waited 45 minutes. No bus appeared, so they hailed a taxi, which took them to the festival entrance, leading to what appeared to be a muddy building site and loudspeakers blaring music. Uh, more than 100 concert goers were milling about oh as a pair God. of staffers with aging laptops attempted to register them. Oh, that's the oh. that sounds big to me. That sounds the most painful. An aging laptop. Just, yeah, I'm just imagining like how dismayed would you be if you got there and you just saw like a stressed out looking intern with a Chromebook? I'd be like, this is not going to go yeah, well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Does anybody know how to use Excel? Does anybody know how to use Excel? <laughs> uh, this is when it first hit us. This is a total shit show, Kumar recalls. No one knew what was going on. The most alarming part, they had hired all these models to walk around giving people tequila shots. This was a recipe for disaster. Everyone was young and drunk with no information. Hell yeah. <laughs> fucking punk rock, baby. So, that is how I would describe myself. Yeah. <laughs> young and drunk with no information. That's me. <laughs> uh, uh my, my good friend Jackson, my neighbor, uh, Avery Moore's boyfriend, uh, Jackie Boy, stopped by last night. And he, you know, we live right next door to each other, so he just comes in, like, sometimes just, you know, we're in all manner of house dress, like, when we go yeah. to each other's houses. And he just walked in with, like, no shoes on. He goes, All right, I'm shoeless, I'm clueless, and I'm in a hurry. <laughs> <laughs> that rules. Jackson's awesome. Jackson is so fucking. Listen to Jackson's band. Yeah, What's Slow Mo Drags. Slow Mo Drags. They yeah, fucking yeah. jam. They're really good. Yeah, yeah they're awesome. So, uh, and then also check out his uh, his girlfriend uh, Avery Moore, one of the best comics in town. The and, best, yeah, love her. Fucking, yeah, she she's rules. An amazing person. So, uh, yeah. So that. Uh, so yeah. Bye bye. A beefy young man rolled up on an ATV. This is Billy <laughs> McFarland, the twenty five year old downtown Manhattan entrepreneur who was the festival's main organizer. Uh, McFarland appeared frazzled. Suggested that everyone who had booked one of the private villas please follow him. But there were no private villas. Uh, there were. The fucking the FEMA. He's tents. like everybody who booked a private villa, please follow me. And then he just marches into the sea. <laughs> he just goes into the ocean. <laughs> just hop in yellow submarine. <laughs> All right. Now she said suddenly. Uh, there was this massive, a massive rush of people running to the tents. It was just chaos. Uh, what should we do? She asked. We ended up grabbing two tents. The beds were damp, gross. Uh, the carpet was completely soaked, horrible. She said it was like Survivor, the Amazing Race, gone really, really bad. And those were already bad. So, <laughs> yeah. Uh, people were stealing bedding. People were getting more and more drunk. Uh, we couldn't leave our things, so we just stayed in the tents. It was just just epic chaos. Uh, hundreds of would-be concert goers were experiencing the same feeling, and this is only the beginning of the end. That night, as it became clear the festival was collapsing, they were forced to scramble to find a way back to the mainland. Uh, many took to chronicling their plights on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter, and was and that was what, what transformed the Fire Festival from a failed music venue into a richly symbolic moment in Donald Trump's deeply divided America. <laughs> <laughs> The internet was ablaze in a firestorm of ridicule, with thousands of people without money, the money to frolic at Caribbean music festivals, heaping abuse on spoiled millennials who were freaking out because they were forced to sleep in tents and eat cheese sandwiches. <laughs> I can't figure out what hashtag Fire Festival is, tweeted one, but it seems like rich people having a bad time, which I fully support. <laughs> one woman Respect. Tweeted, I've always dreamed of uh, building elaborate death traps that attract the 1%, but Fire Festival actually went and did it. <laughs> so let me see I'm gonna look up while you're talking see if I have any fire festival tweets yeah, I bet oh yeah, I yeah, do yeah, break out the fire fest heat yeah uh, I did tweet a few months ago just fondly reminiscing about fire festival yeah I saw that, that was like, I, I think that might have been what spurred my interest back I was like oh yeah that was always on the list you know um yeah that was just such a good 
weekend. It was, yeah, it was April 2017 that yeah. this happened. So, God, it was good. Yeah, people, so, as, as it goes down, it, it kind of, a lot of it, I don't, as it, you know, we got to get out of here, but I don't want to, basically, it just, it, it devolved to a complete shit show. People were trying to get out of there. Uh, the, the flights were supposed to be paid for by the festival, and that was obviously not going to happen. Um, they fucking, they, at one point, they were all hanging out in an airport terminal. Yeah. And they kept going in and out because, you know, it's young people. They're going outside to smoke cigarettes, use the phone, and I guess they're going in and out of the terminal. And they're all, like, already off. drunk. They're already, like, they yeah, got they're drunk, drunk, and then they're down here, and they're yeah. just like, so they're what fucking, a nightmare. Yeah. It's they, like, imagine, because people, like, take drugs and shit at music festivals. Like, imagine, like, taking mushrooms and then getting there, and then, like, surprise, now you have to, like, deal with a travel itinerary on yeah. mushrooms. Oh my God, I didn't even think about that. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. it's crazy. Yeah. And so they, they, they said it was pissing the airport staff off so they locked the fucking terminal with a chain. <laughs> so these people are locked in there. They said it was so hot. One lady said the people were passing out. Uh, it was just, it was crazy. And then uh, this, I want to play this bit of audio. Um, basically, so... They, they were almost immediately started getting hit with lawsuits. Fire Media app had to entirely liquefy all assets. Ja Rule put out a tweet saying that he was not, it was not his fault. Yeah. Uh, ja Rule, by the way. I, the, the thing I remember that I like quote all the time that I feel like people don't know is a quote is he said in his apology, he goes, I deeply apologize as this is not my fault. <laughs> yeah. Which like, as that. a sentence, yeah. does not make any sense. And I... I love it as stitched out on a fucking pillow. Yeah, <laughs> I deeply apologize as this is not, not my, my fault. fault. So good. Yeah. Uh, hold on. What? Uh, Firefest audio. Let's bring this up. Firefest founders. Okay. Yeah. So uh, now, at one point, they had to explain to the company that, like, hey, look, guys, uh, we're not liquid anymore. I'm not going to be able to pay you guys. So there was tons of lawsuits over this almost immediately. Uh, they're banned from starting fucking uh, from starting music festivals in the Bahamas anymore. So yeah, there's that. <laughs> but uh, I, you know, to say anything else, that's that's what we all saw. The fucking what a specific thing to be banned from. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you can't have a hot dog stand above the 38th parallel ever again. All right. So this is uh, this this all crashed and burned spectacularly the, the, all the companies uh, involved that were like fire branded companies had to fucking file bankruptcy uh, they're getting like wild sued for fucking everybody uh, and that's that, and that's kind of the end of it it's still ongoing but I would like to end cap this with uh, our man over here explaining to his employees that they're not going to get paid <gasps> and if any of you have ever worked in a corporate job just listen to the amount of bullshit double speak he's giving and this does start off with some great audio of Ja Rule demonstrating clearly how you avoid any sort of accountability or having to deal with this at all. I got to give credit to him. So <laughs> here, here, here go. goes right here. I'm on the line. My brother got a fucking bad home in my phone. So I'm going to go on mute so it don't fuck up the phone call. Y'all hear it? I'm on the phone. My my phone is fucking, I can barely hear y'all. It's fucking harmless. That's someone. Ja. Josh, can I dial it back in real quick? Basically, what Ja Rule does is he hops on and he immediately knows that he's going to get his ass drug in this <laughs> conference call and be have to answer questions and be accountable. He starts off, he goes, "Hey, I got a uh, there's a there's a hum on my phone. Y'all hear that? It's a hum. I'm gonna I'm gonna be on a call, but I'm gonna mute it so y'all don't gotta hear this hum." <laughs> <laughs> love it yeah love it so uh yeah we'll go ahead and see about putting putting that audio in guys uh thanks for bearing with us on this it was that if we didn't get this recorded today and uh 
without our beautiful, wonderful producers, y'all weren't going to get an episode for like another week and a half. So Yeah, I'm glad we were able to do one in person. Yeah, um, that was cool. Too. We didn't want to squander that opportunity. And either. hopefully when Pat's in New York, we can try to figure something out too yes, to, yeah, get, yeah. to get one done when we're both together. Um, but yeah, so this I have mixed feelings on of whether I would do it or whether it was worth it. I mean, Billy McFarland is a piece of shit. Yes. Like bad person, shitty values, but they did create like a FEMA camp for rich kids. Yeah. <laughs> and that's like kind of funny and cool. Yeah. It, it was one of those things where it's like, that wasn't his intention though. Yeah, yeah. 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 It just like worked out to be a happy ending. Yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> for, for us to watch. I mean, like I, I loved watching it and it doesn't really feel like anybody really got hurt. Yeah. Like everybody ended up okay. They it's just a, had yeah. like a shitty weekend. Yeah. Like they've uh, lost some money. But. Yeah. Uh, they, uh, one thing though, that is just the, that's probably the grossest thing out of all of this. Uh, did you ever see, read, uh, Ja Rule's, uh, toast that he gave to kick off fire festival? No. All right. Uh, like, like, okay. So I'm, I'm going to, I'm going to, this will be the, uh, the, 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 the bookend here. Ja Rule fire fest quote. I want to make sure I get it right and I'll do it in my newly ja Rule, ja Rule voice. voice. <laughs> He gave this whole speech about uh, just living the fucking the type of life that Fire Festival claimed to offer or that lifestyle. And uh, ugh, gross. Have you ever heard a grown man speaking like this? Just get the fuck out get of here. Get away. He goes, All right, y'all. Here's to living like movie stars, partying like rock stars, and fucking like porn stars. Oh. <laughs> Well, I feel like that's the note to end on. I feel like we got it. <laughs> yeah. yeah Here's to all of that, everybody. Yeah, yeah. Uh, like us on uh, iTunes and review us and subscribe and do all that. Yeah, and check out, uh, check out all the wonderful pod, uh, podcast. <laughs> Are you doing all right? Pod, I'm having a stroke. Welcome, <laughs> check out all the lovely podcasts on Body Tape International, including our good friends uh, Pat Dean and Ben Cholock's podcast. Um, I learned nothing. They were gracious enough to let us learn use their equipment. Yeah, and, and we'll uh, bef- we'll leave you with a message from Pat Dean, recorded oh, earlier. Yeah. Uh, tell tell him tell him I said I hope you have a great day. And uh, we want to leave you, of course. Have a great day, but remember, don't get caught. Don't get caught. Don't get caught having a great day. (laughs) Bye. Bye.